0: Put down the popcorn, we're starting. This is The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.
1: You must protect Earth and its people.
0: A yellow Volkswagen Beetle transforms into a 20-foot crime-fighting chunk of metal. Produced by Michael Bay. We'll be talking about Bumblebee today. You could write.
1: What? Try now.
0: Start immediately. Aim for four hours at a time. The wolves are at the door! And men at the turn of the 20th century seem to have made a habit of stealing the writing of their wives. And Colette, starring Kira Knightley, proves it again. Hello, oh, hello. My name is Kyron Wheatley and I've seen heaps of movies, but neither of those. But luckily, Vary McIntyre... Hello. ..and Michael Campbell... Hello. Both have. Now, as always, we have a Village Cinemas Gold Class double pass to give away, but first... I'm Charlie Watson. I'm 18.
1: Today, actually. Is The Beetle for sale? Cheers, kid. Happy birthday.
0: Oh, how we love a superhero in 2018. I have no idea how cinema history will remember this era of film. Because it seems like week after week we are talking about another superhero spin-off from another studio wanting to cash in on our endless desire for a blockbuster. Sony with Spider-Man, Disney with Avengers, and this week it's Michael Bay and his Transformers. But do we care about a standalone film for the yellow beetle that is Bumblebee?
1: Going into this movie? No, I didn't. I'll fully admit it, I was not looking forward to this movie because I don't like the Transformers movies. Coming out of this movie... Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. That's the thing. Here's what this movie is that the last five Transformers movies haven't been. Cohesive. Um, <laughs> un- under two hours long and full of characters that are likeable. Yeah, right. Which is crazy to Interesting think. Interesting ideas. Interesting ideas. And, Who's you know, Michael Bay been talking to? <laughs> well, here's who he's been talking to. Travis Knight, the guy that directed this film, he is from the animation company Leica, who made Kubo and the Two Strings, Carolina. All of which are really good, well-made stories. And I think it's so smart to get Michael Bay away from the directing chair because he's good at one thing. It was just big, broad action and kind of confusing visuals. But Travis Knight actually made a really compelling movie. What is the story? So this is about Bumblebee, who lands on Earth in the 1980s, which is a nice little nod to when the cartoon used That's to be when on when I landed on Earth. Yes. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and, I think and, I was caught. <laughs> but anyway. And as they always are, the Transformers are being hunted by the Decepticons and Bumblebee needs to hide out and he comes across Charlie who buys him in his disguised beetle form and she kind of needs to keep it a little bit of a secret that she's now living with a Transformer in her house.
0: Yeah, living with a car.
1: (laughs) Can you imagine? Yeah, it's a strange
0: relationship, I'm sure.
2: (laughs) Did you know the original idea for Bumblebee came from Steven Spielberg? No. I did not. Yeah, he produces all these movies. Yeah. So it's got that sort of Amblin feel to it, the coming-of-age movies, especially with the setting in the 80s. And I liked how Bumblebee is more of a main character in this. He is definitely the fan favourite from all of the other Transformers movies. But the Transformers in all those other ones are basically just tools. They're like secondary characters to the humans. So I liked how this one Bumblebee gets to be more of a main character and he gets this character development and his own story. You
0: know what I think the signpost of those Amblin, Steven Spielberg movies are that gives you the best sense of what those movies are is that shot that's in all of those films of a car driving with like a beautiful landscape in the distance and the camera sort of Pulls away from the car a little <laughs> bit, and maybe the top's down. There's some hair blowing, um, uh-huh. yeah, like a sense of freedom. It's like almost, a Coca-Cola like... Cola
1: commercial, <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly. It and feels like they're selling Coke all the time. And they an- probably are. Another actually. landmark
1: yeah. of the ambulance stuff is often they would have kids riding bikes through yeah. small towns. Yeah, that's in this movie. right <laughs> Charlie rides her little uh, bike through yeah. the town to fix it's up this car. Freedom. I think
0: that's the coming-of-age thing. Yeah. You have freedom,
1: and now. there's something nostalgic about it because you're like, I remember when I used to ride my bike yeah. through that small. It's American is this Charlie's town. first car
0: that she buys? <laughs> uh, it yeah. is, yes, of course.
2: Be- yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Look, people can be terrible about things they
1: don't understand. If they find you, they'll probably lock you up in a lab somewhere. It'll be
2: bad, trust me. The only person you can show yourself around is me, okay?
1: So let's practice. You ready? If you see anyone besides me, what do you do? Great, perfect. (laughs) Come back now. Okay, so let's say we're driving, right? We're
2: driving and all of a sudden... Oh shoot, somebody's there, hide, hide behind!
1: Here's what they did with Bumblebee in this film. They gave him a character because mm. often the Transformers were just kind of these weird roughhousing robots that would break it into facilities and whatnot. Yeah. But you feel sympathy for Bumblebee. Yeah. You, you want him to succeed, which is something I haven't felt
2: in about <laughs> six movies. Mm. <laughs> what I think helped with that as well and going back to the nostalgia aspect, is that uh, they've drawn a lot from their original Transformers from 1984, Mm. the animated movie, and the 2007 animated versions as well. So they haven't tried to modernise it and make it, like, too super cool. Like, I think they really tried with the Transformers, like how many, you know, 20 movies, they just got more and more technological and they were trying to be too super cool. I think they've like – In the end, they kind of just look like jagged metal
1: that was mm. – Yeah, and when they uh, were
2: fighting, you didn't know what was yeah. going on.
1: For instance, now when they're in their transformed form as the robots, you can see the bits of the cars on them. You can see, yeah. for instance, Bumble with his shoulder – those shoulder pads, I guess, that he's wearing at yeah. the front of the Beetle. Yeah. and you see a little the see so
0: shoulder pads were yeah, in. Really,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. You see a little bit of the other Transformers throughout the movie, not too much, but even Optimus Prime looks like the toy of Optimus Prime that you mm. may have had as a kid.
2: Yeah, I remember having those toys. So it just really brings that nostalgia aspect to it for me. Good, that's yeah. what Paramount wants. Yeah. <laughs> they want you remember pulling, having those pulling toys. Pulling on the heartstrings.
0: <laughs> you know, beat music can help you say what you're feeling. Try this. In these sorts of films, they tend to cast unknowns, don't they, so that you can sort of put yourself in the position of those people. But is there anyone in this that we do know already?
2: Yeah, definitely. Hayley Steinfeld is the main character. She's from Pitch Perfect. Oh,
0: she's in The Spider-Verse from last week.
2: Yeah. Justin Thoreau, who you know from The Spy Who Dumped Me. Mm-hmm. We did that a few episodes ago. Dylan O'Brien, the main guy from The Maze Runner is in there. John Cena, like big army guy, classic for him. Dylan O'Brien from The Maze Runner, because this is a conceit that they've kind of put into the newer Transformers
1: movies is that Bumblebee can't talk and that he talks like through the radio in his chest, which was never really a thing in the cartoons and the comics and whatnot. But his voice is Dylan O'Brien, which it it was one of those voices where I'm like, what, what, what is that voice? Why do I know that voice? And as soon as it came up in the credits, I was like, Dylan O'Brien. But John Cena is someone that I go back and forth on. Sometimes I think he's quite charming and sometimes I, I don't like these movies at all. But he's quite good. He's like a tough a but poor firm dad-style character. <laughs> <laughs> right? Poor man's Josh Brolin? Uh, sure. <laughs> I would say Josh Brolin does more prestige movies than John Cena. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, I mean, yeah. But
0: they can operate in a similar sort of world.
1: Do you think it's if Josh Brolin turns it down? Yeah. They're like, well, we right. I think John Cena, Cena wants
0: <laughs> Josh's movies. <laughs> He's on his agent. What's Brolin
1: doing? (laughs) What isn't he doing?
0: (laughs) What did he turn down? Is this your classic Michael Bay film? Is there like explosions (laughs) and you can just see the money on screen?
2: Well, they did have a budget of up to $128 million which comes at the least expensive Transformers movie. Wow. Yeah. That they've
1: done. I think it's the least expensive. I think it's the shortest and turned out to be the best.
0: Yeah. yeah well, we've talked about this before with movies on five million. I want to see the five million dollar Transformers I,
1: movie. I love how $120 million <laughs> is playing the toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love how the $120 million is their restricted version mm. of this. Yeah. So who should see this film?
2: It's more accessible for families, young adults. It's that coming of age movie, but for Transformers fans, it goes back to more of a history with Bumblebee.
1: Yeah, if you're like me and you'd kind of lost faith in it, give this a go because it's got a really talented director behind it and it's actually a kind of a cute, compelling story. Also in cinemas, Spider-Verse. Amazing Spider-Man animated movie. Make sure you go see it. Once Upon a Deadpool.
2: The recut Deadpool 2 to make it family friendly for Christmas.
1: And Peppermint. Yes, what if the Punisher was Jennifer Garner?
0: <laughs> you can hear about all of those by clicking on the previous episode whatever podcast app that you're in right now.
1: We've never had one fly off the shelves like this before. And do you know who's buying it? Young women. Really? Quite a phenomenon.
2: All of Paris is saying your husband is a genius.
1: Claudine. Madam Collette, I believe Willie based Claudine in part on your school days. Yes, I think I had a little something to contribute.
0: A few weeks back, we heard about Mary Shelley, the film chronicling the first publication of her timeless work, Frankenstein, uh, anonymously at the time, and everyone presumed it was her husband, Percy, who wrote it. Well, Collette, it appears, shows that at that time, stealing the credit for your wife's brilliant writing was all too common.
2: This is based on the life of the actual famous French author, Colette, and she marries this much older man and moves from the country to the city of Paris, and her husband makes her ghost write for him, and that work she makes becomes this bestseller, a cultural sensation, and then Colette struggles to get any recognition for it. It's set in the early 20th century where women are still second-class citizens. And what is so interesting about this movie is that it not only focuses on the women's rights aspect and Colette trying to get recognition for her work, but also this gender and sexuality norms and how Colette really subverted those and she was so ahead of her time.
1: I have to imagine watching this that... Kira Knightley somewhere in her house has a little glass cabinet with a little light on it, and she's going, that's where the Oscar will go when this comes out. That's where <laughs> right. it's going to go. It's sort it, of bait. It's not so much Oscar bait, but it's a very juicy role. I mean, like as an actress mm. or an actor or anything, what a kind of character to play, someone that's been so put upon through their whole life but so resilient that they've overcome it. But I think definitely there might be some awards buzz towards it as well. It's that kind of prestige drama.
2: Even with its themes, I know that it won a Spanish ministerial commendation as, quote, especially recommended to promote gender equality. Mm -hmm. So So it, it is political. Yeah, it's a film that even though it's set in the 20th century, it deals with a lot of modern issues as well. So it's got a lot of aspects to it that modern audiences are still going to relate to.
1: The themes of it are kind of timeless. Yeah, like women's said, oppression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2018 is the era of the superhero. Was early 20th century England the era of men stealing women's work? Yes. Because, yeah. again, in it's In the middle of the late, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Madame Willie. An honour. Pleasure to meet you. Is, Claudine at school is heading for her third printing. Excellent. I believe Willie based Claudine in part on your school days. Yes, I think I had a little something to contribute. <laughs> Well, I'm very glad your experiences have worn
2: such wonderful fruit. Very nice to meet you, madame. Gather Leon, please. Where are we going? We'll find out.
0: So, this is just the classic costume drama, beautiful dresses, you know, old suits.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a period drama that Kira Knightley would do, as we've seen a lot of her films. But its point of difference is that it's exploring gender and sexuality at a time when it was illegal for women to even wear pants. In France at that time, it was, like, actually illegal. Mm -hmm. Colette's character, she has a manipulative, abusive emotional relationship with her husband. He locks her in a room at one point and is like, go right. And that, in a way, even though it's – abusive it kind of does bring out this story in her Dominic West from The Wire plays her husband and I think this is the
1: key to it must be a good performance I hated him so much yeah. mm. which means that he was playing it right he played that manipulative overpowering but he he was really good obviously the bright Poor man's shining good law <laughs> that's pretty spot on (laughs) obviously the the main spotlight here is Keira Knightley but I think he is also really really good in that he's really really bad and I hated him they never get a job on their own I lend them my name my reputation I take all the risk and there's still no money we need more output you could get another writer pay them with what I'm not even making a thousand this month I've got 300 from the echo 425 from the latest vamp novel and just Two fifty from the music reviews. It doesn't even cover the outgoings. How can
0: we spend so much money?
1: The mortgage, Matildes, restaurants. You always
2: pick up the bill, Willie, no matter how many people join us. It's
1: expected of me.
2: And the races and the casino.
1: What do you want me to do? Live like a monk
2: or a peasant? No, I'm just saying that we could economise.
1: You. You could write. What's the highlight of this film? It's got to be performance. I mean, I mean, we all know Keira Knightley's a great actress, but I think she's never been able to do so much in a single role where she can be kind of a bit delicate and vulnerable, but... What are you saying in, about Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> in that third one, she was got married on that pirate ship <laughs> while she was sword fighting. I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> she can be delicate and vulnerable, but a couple of scenes later, she is strong and she's an empowered. Like, to be able to do all that in one performance and have it cohesive, that's not an easy thing to do. So who should see this film? What sprung to mind for me was The Wife, in that it's a little bit the slower team. paced than something, even like Mary Shelley, but it's just about this... This one central character and you kind of live in her skin for a while and you really get to know her. So if
2: you like the wife, you're going to like this. Yeah, if you like classic period dramas. But this one challenges the patriarchy.
0: For your chance to win a Village Cinemas Gold Class Double Pass, head along to Facebook or Instagram. You'll find the Cinema Crew post there. Leave a comment answering the question, Who is the
1: best Transformer?
0: Not your favourite, the best. You could win that gold class double pass. It will be Christmas Eve when you hear from us next, but we're not stopping. There are six new films coming out the week after Christmas, and we're going to give you the loadout on all of them. We've got animated film Ralph Breaks the Internet, superhero flick Aquaman, a new reincarnation of Holmes and Watson, bio flick Vice about Dick Cheney, where Christian Bale absolutely disappears into that role, and the new film from Bizarre, director of The Lobster and Killing of the Sacred Deer. The Favourite, an absurdist dive into royalty. And there's more. Mary Poppins Returns in Mary Poppins Returns. Anyway, that is next week. Until then, thanks, Cambo. Thank you. Thanks, Vari. Thanks. I'm Kyron Wheatley, and we'll see you, at least you'll hear us, next week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.